Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm actually in a really good mood today. I woke, I woke up, thank you, Pastor Ray. I woke up this morning and, uh, you know, I uh, rolled out the bed and went to go and um, do my normal prayer, you know, thanking God for a normal day. I didn't reach for my cell phone first to see who texted me. I just felt like giving God some praise. I had a, a great service last night. It was a good service at Wissahickon. After the service, we, uh, we sat down and we ate pizza. Um, we always order pizza when nobody does hospitality. It's the easiest thing to get. And as we was eating pizza, my buddy and I, we, you know, we grew up together. And so as we was eating pizza, he reminded me that was the food that we used to get when nobody wanted to cook. And uh, he said, um, he said, remember when we went to the Run DMC concert? And I said, yeah. He said, whose house and Run's house? Y'all don't remember that? Okay. And uh, we were talking about after the concert, and then we looked at each other with big eyes and said, but we made it through. God brought us through a lot. And though we was at the Run DMC concert, where the question was, who house is this? And the crowd would scream and yell and say, this is Run's house, you know? Yeah, that's how the song went. And then he looked at me and said, but whose house is this that we're in now? This is God's house. And for that moment, as we were talking, a burst of joy just came over me because here it is, a friend of mine who I did not want to live a better life without. And God made it possible that I was able to witness to him. And now he's living with, for the Lord. And we're worshiping together. And when I think about the gospel and, and how Jesus set me free, you know, I woke up this morning and a song was in my heart. And um, I woke everybody up and we were singing these songs of praise to the point where I was late today for the pastor's meeting because we got excited about the Lord and we was in worship. So that's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> but the song that, um, that rung in my heart was, My hallelujah belongs to you. 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 You deserve it. You deserve it. You 
deserve it, Lord. You deserve it. My hallelujah belongs to you. You know, it's it's um, when you when you think back on your life and you see where God has you at. It's it's almost impossible to wake up and not want to give him praise or not want to do something for the Lord. And so, all of the glory belongs to you. 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 You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it, Lord, of my praise. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. I um, got a text from Pastor Ray, and, um, and he, when he asked me to uh, close out the series, and um, unfortunately at the time of service when he was preaching, I was downstairs cooking the hospitality, I'm going to keep saying that until people start signing up for hospitality. And, and so I miss a great portion of his message. And um, the week kind of got away from me, so I wasn't able to hear it on the podcast. And I said, Lord, you're just going to have to take the will on this one and, um, and, and help me through it. And so if you have your Bibles handy, uh, turn with me to the book of Matthews, the sixth chapter, and the 33rd verse. And I'm, I'm only going to read the one scripture as the text. But the first thing is first, and putting the things that are important first. I will submit to you that God is first. He is second to none, and he won't be outdone. That's my hip-hop. The verse reads, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I'm going to say that one more time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And so as a title, if you want one, first thing is first, seek out the righteousness of God. And all that you do, seek out the righteousness of God. When you wake up in the morning, seek out the righteousness of God. Put God first. The thing that I really want you to understand is you are not here by accident. You are not sitting here in worship just because you felt that you wanted to get close to God. 
You were drawn in. You were predestined. You were chosen by a perfect God. You were not an accident. Your situations that you went through were not by accident. Your struggles, the pain, the suffering was not by accident. Without any of that, you would not be able to appreciate the goodness and the mercy of God. He has a way of turning your life around to make sense. I was never a good student in school. I tried, but just, just, I don't know. Just wasn't. And when God began to use me later in life, I was like, how? I said to my wife the other day, I said, babe, I, I, you know, sometimes when I got to sit down and write something out, I get so confused, I got to pull out the dictionary and everything, but it seems like a sermon I can write. And I said, how is that? How does the Lord cause this something to shine? It, it's, it's not the shine, but it's the buff. God is not one that's just going to make you shine, but he's going to buff you out so that you can shine. What's more important, to shine or to be a buffer? If you're a buffer, then you can cause anything to shine. If, 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 you, if you pick up a penny off the ground like I do, I still pick up pennies. If I see it, I pick it up. If it's faced up, I, I believe more money coming. If it's face down, I always say, well, it's just a penny. But I always pick up the pennies. Penny in the snow, penny in the rain. I pick up the penny, I put it in my pocket. Some pennies are just raggedy looking, but it still spins the same. It still holds the value of a penny. But if it's an old penny and you dip it into that, that liquid that, that, that shines, that's how God is. If you take a life of darkness and you dip it in the blood of Jesus Christ, it comes up clean. And so if God can cause my life to be clean, I have to put him first in all that I do. If he can fix anything that's wrong with me, I have to put him first. And so it says, seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness. When we make God's kingdom our top priority, our heart's desire, it helps us to find the ability to trust him more to meet your needs where you don't have to depend on anything or no one else but God. And if, if, if I can get you to understand that the righteousness of God is that of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You mean to tell me the life that I lived in sin, I can go through this Christ Jesus and become the righteousness of a perfect God? How? Because he that started a good work won't finish it until the day of judgment. He's still working on me. Be patient with me. because God is not through with me yet. He's still working on me daily. He said to me today, he said, listen, I need you to be a light. And I said, well, I'm preaching today. He said, not there. It's going to be a time later. I need you to shine. I don't know who's going to call me, but I know 
that the preparation is already prepared for the situation because I'm in God. The solution to the problem that's coming has already been addressed because I'm in God. First thing is first, to seek out the righteousness of God. Righteousness is one of God's attributes. It is justified in his holiness. It is the perfect judge who is perfect in righteousness. Jesus walked without sin. I don't know how he did it in this world, but he did it. Jesus, who did not sin, although he was tempted, his desire was to please his father above all things. He took on our sin. I don't even want to take on your situation. I don't want to take on your debts. I don't want to trade my, 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 my goodness for your, I don't know if I can do it in my humanity, but Jesus said, bring it to me. I'll take it. And he takes it to the cross and he dies for us. But on the third day, he resurrected. He overcame. And through him, we have salvation for those that believe and accept Jesus Christ into your heart. And we become the righteousness of God. But here's the thing. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. That's why it's important to try to minimize the mistakes. Because we are also the examples of Jesus Christ. When you talk to somebody and you tell them that you're serving God, I like when people say, well, where is he? And I say, oh, he's in me. Now, if I've done something to offend them, then they're going to look at me and say, oh, so God is in you, right? So I need to address them in a way that would please God, in a way that would reveal God in my life. So God is still at work. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 16 it says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you and will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. Do nothing without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like the light stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. I did not run, labor, in vain. Let me tell you a story real quick about Pastor Ray. Yep, I am. If you ever worked with Pastor Ray, and I know uh, Philadelphia Project would probably understand this, he really is not much, much of a talker when it comes to work. 
He likes to really get it done. Like, I'm one of them guys that might say, uh, well, you know, I can wait till tomorrow to do that or later. He's not that guy. He see an issue or a problem. Listen, I had a lock that was put on the door in the office at, a, at, at the co-work space. And the guy put the lock on wrong. Pastor Ray was preaching that night. He saw that lock on there, and he would not stop trying to reset that lock. And I looked at him the first time. I said, well, um, you know you got to preach. He said, yeah, I know. I know. I said, you know, you know what time it is? He said, yeah, you might want to get out there. <laughs> Praise and worship going on. I come back, he's still working on a lot. Right? Still working on a lot. Came out, preached, went back to the lot. <laughs> but I walk with him. I'm learning from him. So here I am. My wife, who likes to order from everything online. Last year, around this time, she ordered some chairs that I thought I forbid her to order. I said, Lord, this woman that you've given me. And so I let them chairs sit there as long as I could before I put them together. And she said, oh, we having company. I need those chairs put together. And then I put them together. But I made her wait. <laughs> but this year, I've been walking with Pastor Ray. So she says, I got, I, got, I got a package coming in the mail. It's a mirror. I said, uh, a mirror? You, you ordered something else? She said, yeah, I, I got a mirror. It's mine. Don't worry. I, I had a gift card, and I ordered I ordered it from my gift card. Okay, Lord, the woman that you gave me. So the package came. I looked at it. I opened it. I liked it. I hung it up right away. When I hung it up right away, the first thing that came to my mind was Pastor Ray would have hung it up right away. So not only do I work when I'm with him, but what his work ethics has taught me is to continue to work when I'm not with him. So in his absence, I still did the work that I knew that he would have did. And God is saying, listen, just because you're here and you're working, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Because most of them are sitting for years, still learning about the gospel instead of taking it out into the world and their communities, and we having so many empty seats because we're not doing the work that we were called to do. We're not putting God first the way we should. We're not taking and being worshipers in the world. We have to be the examples. God is calling us to be examples. He said, even in my absence, Paul said, he writes, he said, to be obedient to the faith. That is the evidence of God in you. That faith must be put into practice. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling and reverence to God. Let everybody know you ought to fear God. You ought to love God. Why? Because God loved you first. And if you can love God back 
after all he's done for you, if you can't tell the story of Jesus Christ, if you can't preach the gospel to somebody, if you can't share your testimony, then what good are we if we are the salts of the earth and we lose our seasoning? What good are we? But here we are, the righteousness of God. We ought to walk right, upright a little bit. Straighten ourselves. Show the evidence that God is still saving souls. God is still doing new things. God is still refreshing a mind. God is still renewing you. He is still washing you. He is still working on you. He is never going to leave you nor forsake you. The one at work in you is God, and he's transforming you with his presence. He empowers the believers to live in a faithful obedience to his will. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds that we will prove that which is perfect, good, and pleasing will of God. The will of God to be at the forefronts of our minds. The will of God is not, is, is not for us to just come and just worship and just come together and just smile and love on each other. And when we go back, we still matter our neighbors. We got to take that same spirit of love back to our neighbors and love them. Yeah, I know. I know you keep putting that trash in my lawn. But I'm going to love you anyway without grumbling, without disputing, without arguing. Be in a community of believers, promoting unity, being blameless, innocent, humanity, kindness, purity, walking upright as children of God in this sinful world. We have to be the examples. We. We, we get to represent God. You, you know, it, it was uh, it, it's good when somebody say, hey, I need you to represent me. You know, in my early preaching days, when uh, I used to hoop all the time. What's that mean? Well, 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 well. You know, but there's a lot of wells in there. But they're running dry right now. Ah, y'all like that? They used to call me and say, hey, what you doing Sunday? Oh, I'm not doing nothing. And then we call each other Doc because, you know, we feel like we educated in God. So, yeah, Doc, I ain't doing nothing. They say, can you go and preach for me? I was supposed to preach at this church. And uh, I think we went up to um, up the boulevard somewhere. It was an honor to preach for the bishop and his stay. It's an honor. So I gave him my best. And then he called me back and he said, you went up there and you showed out. Well, well, well. So when God calls us to himself, it should be more of an honor to please him and to represent him in this world. Well, 
it should be an honor to come and say, not only that I'm a believer or that I'm a child of God, but I have the spirit of God in me. I have the anointing of God on me. And whatever you're going through, I believe I have enough power that's residue in me from my God to help set you free. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the confidence of knowing that you put God first. That's when you know that it's not by your might, but it's by his might. It's not by your action. It's not by your works, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And when he operates through you, it is an honor just to be present in the Lord and him to shine on you. You didn't always shine, but he's a good buffer. But how do we get that spirit? How do we get that communication with God? How? Through prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing. The anxiety level of pressure sometimes is, is too much. But God likes it because pressure produces great things. Pressure to a, a coal, a dark coal, will produce a diamond. But God don't mind putting you in a pressure tank because he can produce a diamond. And, but don't be in the pressure tank like, oh, good gracious. Know that you stand. If you can't do nothing else, be still and know that he is God. Trust him in your life. But the only way you can trust God in, in that capacity is when you communicate with him, when you're praying and when you're knowing that he did it before and he can do it again. Where he brought you out, he can bring you out of this one. If he brought you to it, he can bring you through it. God is still God. And so it says, be anxious for nothing. Don't let the pressure of the world tip. Even when Jesus was tempted, he was like, oh, come on. Why? Because he had a focus. I'm going to please my father. So when you're facing hardship and God brings you through, it becomes a testimony. But it ministers to someone else. As believers put our dependence on God and his provision for the vision through prayer, having peace, freedom from anxiety, safety from harm, and deliverance from enemies, guard your hearts and your minds, envision God's peace, and protect your heart and your mind from anxieties, fear, and doubt. I was driving last week to a client's house. And I wanted the sandwich. But I said, I'm going to get the sandwich on my way back. And I felt that 
hunger in my belly. So I turned around and made a U-turn. Went and got my sandwich. When I came back, there was a car that was up on a pole. And I said, man, I was just coming that way. But the Lord made me take it. God allows U-turns. U-turns are good with God. If you're going in the wrong direction and you was following your GPS and not his, he allows you to turn. Even when you're following your GPS, it'll tell you, you, you know, stay on the course. You ever go off course when you're following your GPS and it says, get back on the course? The Holy Ghost should be telling us, get back in line. Get back on the course. Stay the course. Stay with God. Stay in communication. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and the love to, of a sound mind. Stay focused. Keeping God first at all times. That's the first thing we ought to do in every aspect of our lives is to represent God. Keep meeting together as a family and as a body of Christ. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. Why? Because you encourage me when I'm down. I come in here sometimes sad and somebody will come and give me a hug and say, Pastor Charlie, you all right? And I'll be like, oh, I am now. Why? Because your spirit of joy just buffered on me. And where I was starting to get dim, you started to buffer. Why? Because you had the shine of God in your life. And it helps me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing so, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, as we are in this together, one for another, gathering together in unity in the presence of God, giving our all in worship to worship him in spirit and in truth, letting some old habits go, trading them into some new habits that glorify and represent our God, being an example, encouraging others that are going through hardship and weeping and the endurance of, of, of the night. But we can tell them that there is joy in the morning. There is joy in the morning. I woke up about 6 o'clock and I had a crick in my neck. And I said, oh boy, here we go. So when I preach, I'm going to have to stay like this. <laughs> so I got up and I remember my aunt said, lay on the pain. She was a nurse. She's a nurse. She's a nurse. And she always would say, when you get a crick in your neck, lay on the pain. And, you, you know, in my thought, I really want to lay off the pain. But I remember she says, lay on the pain. And so I went right back to sleep. My alarm went right off. It's almost like it just robbed me of some sleep. I laid on the pain. And when I woke up, the pain was gone. Listen, God is saying, lay on the pain. Rest. Don't be anxious for nothing. Knowing that he has you covered. Knowing that when you get there, somebody is going to be an encouragement to you. You're going to hear a word that's going to encourage you. You're going to hear something that's going to encourage you. God is going to speak to you. He can use you no matter who or what you think that you're not. God said you are the righteousness. 
Seeking God is a good thing. Seeking out the righteousness, staying the course, letting the word guide you, letting your praise really plow that fallow ground and really lift up some burdens that you might have came in here with. You should never come in and leave out the same way. You should always leave out of here ready to bring somebody else in. Why? Because of what you experienced in the presence of God. He said in Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let God lead you and guide you. Let him take you and you stay the course in his word. To seek out the way and the direction in which God wants you to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure. Isn't that awesome when you get yourself in some situation, God finds you a way out. When, 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 when people bring back your past, you realize that you don't live there no more. God brought you out. When you're hovering around situations and debt and you don't know how you're going to overcome it, but God finds you a way out. Run to where he is. Run to the place of peace that surpasses all understanding. Run to the security of God. Trust in him. Have faith. And how do you increase your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Gather yourselves continuously. Join a, a, a small group. Sign up on a small group. Stay in his word. Go into prayer on Thursdays. Whenever the doors of the church is open, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first. Whenever there's an issue or a problem, take a moment. Go to a place where you can just commune with God. Even on your job, I remember that I had a person that used to irritate me. And I would argue back, but never could win that battle. And then I began to go to the bathroom and pace, angry. And I'm a child of God. I said, what am I doing, Lord, in the name of Jesus? Help me through this. Give me, and it hit me. Give me the love and the compassion the poor in this person, because evidently they need it. I come out the bathroom, and I said to myself, nothing that this person is going to say to me is going to upset me, but I'm going to love them anyway. And when I did it, eventually the person came to me and said, uh, what church you say you go to? <laughs> Let God use you, even, even when you're not sure. Be sure that he can use you. Don't be tempted. And you're not tempted by God. That's not his thing. He don't have to tempt you. See, people that tempt you don't know your heart. They're trying to find out your heart. God already knows your heart because he judges the heart. So he don't have to tempt you. He already knows what's in your heart. So he's not going to put you in a situation that's going to make you do something that he doesn't want you to do. So it's, it's unnecessary. The three points that we need to be reminded is that we need to be fully present when you are fully present in God. You, you have to be all in. Like Pastor Ray say, lean in. Lean in. He always say, lean in. 
I like that too, lean in. Because here's the thing. If you're just coming for entertainment or if you're just coming to get a little bit of weight off, then you're missing it. Come and get the fullness of God's presence. Come and get the healing. Come and get the salvation. Come and get the strength. Come and get the joy. Come and get the peace. Come and get everything that God has for you. And believe that God can do an amazing thing with you. Believe that God's perfection will perfect your imperfection. Putting God first, standing firm, just like many men and women before us in the Bible. While God used ordinary men to do extraordinary things, God is just asking us not just show up, but show up. Not just be in, but be present. Be a part of the ministry. Be a part of the gospel. Make the gospel a part of you. There's four men that comes to mind. Abraham, the one who would be later known as the father of nations, of the father of many nations. Abraham's life was far from perfect. We often highlight Abraham's faith that God would give him a child. But Abraham was not perfect in keeping that faith. One point you got to remember is that Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who would doubt God and try to fulfill the promise of God by themselves. And they had a child by a handmaid named Hagar. Despite this, God stayed faithful to Abraham. And God gave Abraham and Sarah a son, Isaac, who later became the generation that resulted in the nation of Israel. Abraham became a man of faith, the father of many nations. That's what God said that he was. Even when he went to the left, God still remained faithful towards him. Samson, uh, of all the men God used, there was probably no one more hard-headed and arrogant than Samson. Sound like some of us? But even with that, God would give him supernatural strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. He would later be drawn by lust. Blinded. Had his head shaved. Yeah, you know. But God led him became his sight of his blind eyes and led him to victory over his enemies. Why? Because that's what God's purpose is for him. Not his mistake, but God's will. Moses, the prince of Egypt, the murderer, after killing the Egyptian, he was sent out to walk through a desert, later to climb a mountain to meet God on the top of the mountain in the form of a burning bush. Moses had a speech problem, lack of confidence to speak in publicly. God joined him with Aaron. And so that fulfilled God's purpose by freeing the people from Israel, of Israel, from the corrupt of Egyptian, and led them not only through the Red Sea. And you imagine getting to the sea and saying, what we going to do? Is it a boat somewhere around? Where's the ark at now? 
And God said to him, hey, what's that rod in your hand, that staff? God gave you a weapon, and it's called the Holy Ghost. Use the Holy Ghost to separate the Red Sea. Walk across on dry land. He later led them to a promised land. Peter, we know Peter, once called Simon. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Peter wasn't always bold, but he was always an impulsive acting person. He acted off an of impulse. One time, when they said, Jesus said, who do they say I am? He said, well, who do you say I am? Peter jumped up and said, you are the son of the living God. Amen. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But Jesus saw something in Peter at that moment. He said, you'll act first on what God says. So even though Peter ended up denying Jesus three times, like some of us, Jesus loved him right back. And not only did he love him right back, but when it was time to preach the gospel, when the Holy Spirit sat upon him in the upper room, Peter was the first one that staggered out and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Saving 3,000. The first one to step out on faith, even after he denied. God can still use you. You are of value. He is still buffing the things that needs to shine in your life. Trust God. Seek God. And put him first. Amen. Stand with me. I said to the Lord, if I can convince, step back, if I can convince people to really trust in you, can you do something special for them in their lives? I have a lot of needs, but I say, Lord, I'll trade mine for theirs. Like you can take care of me later. If I have a blessing, come and bless somebody else. And the reason for that is because I find in most difficult situations that God has never failed me. And so if I find myself in another difficult situation, I'm going to trust God. And if I can convince you to do the same, trust me when I tell you, you will have a testimony God is still doing miraculous, magnificent, miracle work and wonders. You are still missing marks that were set to target you. You are still being navigated through things that were sent to attack you. And then be like David. When it comes to attack you, say, Lord, hide me until you make me strong enough to face it. Trusting in God's spirit and God's call on your life. You are not here by accident. You are purpose for God. And you are to be excited.
excited about it. Excited to the point where you want to know more on how to shine for the Most High God. You want to, you should get right into prayer immediately following service and say, Lord, how can I serve you? What can I do to uplift you? What can I do to bring somebody to you? What can I do to share the gospel? Give me boldness. Give me the words to say. Help me to be an example of who you are and watch God do a miraculous thing for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Luke, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We worship you and we magnify your name. For we believe that you have purpose in our lives. Some of us are sitting on visions, but Lord, we ask for the provision for the vision. Lord, we ask that you would move this church and elevate it to be a a highlight in this community, to be a lighthouse in this community that would draw others to this place because they will find not only your presence, but they'll find your presence and the people that will love them through whatever they're going through. And Father, we believe in you. We love you. And we thank you for your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.